Hi, I'm Anthony Sharon, pastor of First Assembly of God of Greater Lansing, better known as GL First. I hope this message connects you to God's Word and His vision for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Good morning. I'm Pastor Anthony, and uh, I am the pastor here at GL First. Thank you for being here this morning. If you're online joining us, thank you so much for being here this morning. We appreciate it. Uh, I think we've said that a lot, but we do. We do appreciate it. Um, and uh, it was fun. Did everybody get a, uh, a note sheet? If you don't have one, throw your hand in the air. Pat Betts is running around handing them out right now. And don't worry, lights are coming back on. And the Lord said, let there be light. Oh, anybody watch any good TV uh, this week? Feel free to talk amongst yourselves. No, just kidding. I, uh, I tried to watch some TV, and um, I don't know if you do this, but I do this quite often. I misplace my remote. Does anybody have that problem? Like the remote just goes missing, yeah. and you swear you, you put it there, um, and, uh, and, and it's just, just not there, right? And so I, I retrace my steps, I try to find it, um, and a lot of times, it, so I've done this. I've, I've actually started um, hiding other remotes because uh, we, we end up getting more remotes because when you lose one, Sometimes you got to get another one, you know what I mean? Then you lose it and you got to get another one, another one. So I started, uh, uh, and I just told my secret. I probably shouldn't have done that, but (laughs) when my kids leave, I'm like, they're like, do you know what a remote is? I was like, I don't know where that remote is that you're looking for, but I have one upstairs in my drawer. When you leave, I will come downstairs and watch TV, the channels I want to watch. We lose things a lot. We, uh, you ever think about how much time you search for things that you've lost over your lifetime? Think about how much time we actually spend searching for things. I mean, some of you are probably searching for your keys this morning. Have you ever lost your phone and find out that it's in your hand? Lose your purse, find out that it's uh, strapped across you, right? Lose your sunglasses, and where are they at? Come on now, right? I mean, we, we, we sit there and we search for things that we think we've lost, but here's the reality. I'm going to tell you something, and it's, 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 hopefully this sounds profound because I want to sound cool. You don't, you don't lose things. You just misplace them. You don't, you don't lose them. You just misplace them. That's what we do. And today, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about, I'm going to bring back Elisha again. I told you that uh, um, I, I really have been enjoying my time of study in, in Elijah, or Elisha in, uh, in 2 Kings. And um, there's a great book called Greater. I believe Stephen Furtick wrote it. And, it's, uh, and so as I was reading 2 Kings, I flipped open this book again and started looking through it and it's just wonderful how the Bible can speak to you 
and renew you when you begin to look at it. Uh, it can speak into your circumstances. It can speak into your situations. And I started thinking about things, and I thought, you know what? There are things in life that we misplace, and sometimes it, we don't notice those things until it's too late. I believe that our connection with God is one of those things that we can misplace as believers. You know what I'm talking about? Right? As believers, uh, we can misplace that connection with God. We lose our connection. For, and there's many reasons. There's crazy things that happen. Life. Life is a crazy game that we all get to play. Hashtag Aviche, right? It is. It's, it, there's things that happen in life that are out of your control. There's things that are in your control. There are things that life just kind of keeps going no matter what. I... Uh, I started thinking about some things, and, and, I, and I realized something about myself. And I don't know if this is true about you, but uh, when things go bad, I find myself blaming God uh, sometimes. Does anybody ever do that? I find believers do that a lot. I, I, I search social media. I stalk you guys. No, I don't. I don't get on Facebook. Sorry. People are like, did you get that message? I'd be like, no, text me. Uh, that's how you can do that. Anyways, um, but here's the thing. We, we like to blame God for things that aren't God's fault. We like to blame God for the connection that we've misplaced with God. We like to blame God if somebody hurts you. If another Christian hurts you. If another believer hurts you. If a church hurts you. If a minister hurts you. We like to blame God. We like to look at it and go, you know what, man, I, I'm done with Christians. Christians keep acting like this. Keep, Christians keep doing this. And, and you get frustrated, and then you're done with God. I don't know how we make this leap, but somehow up here we make this leap that if this person hurts me, it's his fault. Something might have stole your attention from God. Substances, materials, television. There are things that steal our attention, that, that take our passion away. And when that happens, we blame God. It's not God's fault. It's not God's fault that you, didn't, that you decided not to open your word. Here's the reality. Life isn't fair. Life is not fair. I think we can agree on that. It's not fair for you. It's not fair for the person next to you. Maybe the fact that life is unfair for everybody makes it fair. Think about that one. We like to blame God when life doesn't happen the way we think it should. Our hearts get turned away from God who gave us everything, who gave us a son to die on a cross for our sins, for the things that we've done. Do you understand that? Like our punishment has been taken by God's son, only son, and yet we blame him for the things that we don't have. A God who loves us, a God who we just sing 
to. Poured our hearts out. I heard it. I was standing in front row and I heard us pouring our hearts out to God. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, people online, people sitting here, um, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. God didn't do this to you. God didn't take your heart and push it away. That's not the God that we serve. See, some of you, you maybe you lost your passion for God or, or the things that God used to the, make you feel. You ever, hey, there's, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about that first love. And, and I, it strikes me a lot. But it reminds me that there are things that we used to do that we don't do anymore. Is, is that true in anybody's life? Can you look back at your spiritual life and go, man, I used to do this, but I don't do this anymore. I feel like I've lost something. Here, I, here's the reality. Um, and and this, is, this is a point that I think uh, everyone should grasp. And it's this, is that before... Anything can be found, it has to be identified. You have to know what you're looking for, right? You have to know what you lost. You have to know what you misplaced before you try to go find it. That, that seems like common sense, right? But today, we are focusing on our spiritual lives. We're recalibrating our hearts. It's back to church Sunday coming up, and, and I want you to be primed and ready I want you to be primed and ready for what God has in store for you, what he's been preparing you for. No matter your age, race, color, socioeconomic status, no matter any of that th stuff, God has something prepared for you. So what have you lost? What have you lost? Have you lost some of your joy? Hey, look, I found joy. For those online that can't see, I'll explain the joke. Joy is sitting over there. She's our children's leader. <laughs> Have you lost some of your passion? What about some of your excitement and enthusiasm? Have you lost some of it? What about some of your belief systems? The way you used to view life? So now, now sometimes you, you let your circumstances dictate your view on God instead of letting your view on God dictate how you view your circumstances. That's a deep statement. You understand that? that that's a really deep statement. I just want to let that kind of settle in for a second. Because if something happens to you, all of a sudden we change the way we view God. Something happens around you, we change the way we view God. Instead of saying, you know what, I view God this way, and because I view God this way, and it's so profound, that it changes the way I see my circumstances. Did you ever in the, in, in the past, when all hell is breaking loose, find that you can handle it better than you can today? 
Some of you have lost something. Some of you have lost that, that joy. There used to be this deep, settled spiritual contentment and joy that somehow along the way just got sucked out like a mattress when you go camping. And there's this mysterious leak. And you, you go to bed and it's full and you wake up and half your body's on the ground. And you have no idea how. Some of you at one time, you had great faith and you prayed. And you believed God for big things. Big things. And you hoped, you had hope. And a God who was good, who, who planned to bless you, who planned to prosper you. And today you're, you're not really praying for much of anything other than maybe a meal here or then. You lost something. You lost something. Yeah, something very important spiritually, but you, you lost it along this journey. It's like a runner who sweats and sweats and sweats and, and they got these tables on the side of the road and they grab the water and Gatorade and they have to replenish the electrolytes. We, we know this physically, but do we know this kind of stuff spiritually? That life, life will start to drain and, and you'll start to lose some of this if you don't continue to replenish. You know, I was studying Elisha, and he did a lot of amazing things. He did some huge miracles. I told you last week, he healed a body of water. Like, how do you do that? He was like, you know what? This whole body of water is just healed. Boom, drink it. He did some crazy, amazing things, yet there's this little, small miracle. There's this young man who... He borrowed an axe and he was chopping a tree and when the axe head uh, flew off of the stick, it flew into the water and it sank. And then Elisha, this, this man of God, takes a stick and he throws it into the water and this axe head floats. And we go, wow, that's pretty crazy because metal iron doesn't float, right? Everybody understand that concept? Okay, this was not a helium axe head. Okay, this was a metal axe head made of iron. Okay, and it floated. Everybody at the same time say, wow. Okay, good. I just want to make sure you guys understand how profound that is. But you ever ask yourself, like, what's the meaning of this? Like, why is this in the Bible? I mean, there's all these other huge miracles, but why is this one in the Bible? One thing you need to know about iron back in the day, I mean, we already learned one thing, that it doesn't float, right, naturally, but that iron was very expensive. It was hard to come by. It was rare, right? And, and so this, this prophet who was uh, studying, this young man who lost this axe head, was probably very poor. He was kind of like a college student, Okay? And he had borrowed this axe head, and he couldn't pay it back. He couldn't pay it back. He was, um, <laughs> I was going to do a dad joke. He was a non-profit prophet. Okay, there you go. 
Yeah, it was funny. The point is, this guy doesn't have much money, okay? He doesn't, uh, he, he loses this valuable axe head. And, um, and then we, we see the man of God bring the axe head back, which shows me something very clear. That even though our big things matter to God, actually the small things matter to him too. The little things in life matter to God. The little details in your life matter to God. No matter what you're going through, if you, if you have a headache, he cares. You got a chemistry exam, he cares. Your car won't start this morning and you're watching online, do you know that God cares about that? If you're on your phone and you can't find your phone, God cares about that. He laughs, but he cares. Our God cares about even the little things. So I want to dive into this story a little bit. And I want to, I want to pull out some, some principles that I think we can take away. And I want to give you a little, help you understand the context. If you remember Elisha, he was mentored by Elijah, right? And now we see Elisha mentoring the next generation of prophets, of young people. And he, he starts to gather this following, this massive following, and he then um, builds a school. He has to build a school. But then all of a sudden, the following is so big, the school is overfilled. Hence, where we're at in the story, they had to get the axes, chop down some trees, start building some other stuff, right? And so this is where we are in the story. Second Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And it says this, the company of the prophets said to Elisha, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, a student, won't you please come with your servants? And Elisha said, yeah, yeah, I will. And he went with them. And they went to the Jordan, and they began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, no, my lord, the student cried out. It was borrowed. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, that's Elisha, where did it fall? And when he had showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and he threw it there and made the iron float. In verse 7, it says this, lift it out. If you have your own Bible and it's a paper Bible, circle that. Circle it. If you have an electronic Bible, highlight that. Because that's, that's, that's for you. That's for you. Lift it out, he said. Then a man reached out his hand and he took it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we uh, expound upon your word, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would uh, engage our hearts, our minds, our spirits. Father, whatever we have lost, I pray that you would show us. Bring it to our attention. Show us how much you care, how much you love 
your children. Father, I pray that you would grow this place with this passion, this fire that burns. Father, if anybody has lost that passion, if they have lost even a little bit of it, Father, I pray that you would multiply it. Make it grow. Make it grow. Father, I pray that anybody that hears these these words, this message, reads this verse, Father, anybody that, that is hearing us right now, anybody that is in this room, that they would be forever changed. That they can't go back to doing the things they used to do. They can't go back to living the way they used to do. Open our eyes to see what can be, Jesus. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Your main point today, God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. You understand that? God knows how to help you find what you did not mean to lose. See, I don't think anybody set out and said, you know what? I'm going to let some of this spiritual air out. Nobody set out and said, you know what? I just want to disbelieve today. You know, I, I, I want to be further away from God today than I was yesterday. I don't think anybody sets out to do that. Yet life happens and this is where we are. Those of you who lost something spiritual in nature, be reminded that we serve a God. We serve a God who is in the restoration business. We are not in the shame business. We are not in the guilt business, but we are in the restoration business. Our good God knows how to help you find what you did not mean to lose. He cares enough to help you. Now, as we talk about losing the axe head, losing your your edge, your spiritual edge, what I want to do is I want to show you kind of metaphorically how this could apply to your relationship with Jesus. The big question I want to ask you today is this. How have you lost your spiritual edge? Now, we went through a bunch of questions. We went through a bunch of things. People were saying amen. So, yeah, I I was feeling it. Some of us have lost some of that edge. For those of you that are Christians, this is the time to be real honest and say, you know what? This is what I've done. This is how I've lost it. Some of you may say, you know what? Um, Maybe you're sitting there going, I don't think I really have lost my edge. And I'm going to tell you right now, I I thank God for you. I thank God for you. I praise God for you. And and I want your, your faith to be infectious. I want it to grow enough to be infectious to help those that have lost some of it. We celebrate with you and we thank God for you. Continue to doing what it is that you're doing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Because it's so easy to lose momentum in this thing called life so easy to lose it so easy to lose that spiritual passion that that spiritual high that you used to get that you no longer get when you praise his name it's my guess that many of us as believers followers of christ you might honestly say there are there there was another time in your life when you are more into the things of God 
than you are today. And I would ask you to acknowledge specifically and honestly, how have you lost your spiritual edge? What part of it have you lost? Identify what's lost. If you can't identify it, you can never find it. Like I said, we're not in the shame business. We're not in the guilt business. We are in the restoration business. Making it better than it was. Maybe you've lost that edge because you let good people slip out of your life. Mentors, friends who have helped you get closer to Jesus. People who prayed for you. People who prayed with you. Are you still doing those things? Do you still have those people in your life? If the answer is no, then there's part of the reason you've lost your spiritual edge. Maybe you stopped making a difference with your gifts. Life got busy and you just stopped. You had some kids. Five, six, seven, eight kids. I don't know. Nine. Anybody got ten kids? I hear you get a tax break after ten. Life gets busy. And, and, and maybe you told yourself that, you know what? I'm going to stop for now, but I'm going to get back to it. But you never got back to it. You just never got back to it. Why? Because life keeps throwing you stuff. That time when you can breathe never came. The time when you thought you could start again never came. And now you're, you're missing something because all of a sudden, you, you knew what it was like to be used by God, but now life has become pretty much about you and not him. Are you praying like you used to? Maybe there was a time when you had a, a passion for prayer. I mean, you, you would even get up early, you would uh, pray uh, for, for, for lots of people, you have lists, and now, I, honestly, like I said, you, you might not even pray over a meal anymore. And then when somebody is watching, you might start to pray about the big things, but the truth is, you haven't prayed in a significant way in a very long time. So what have you lost? Have you lost your testimony? We're given time in the months ahead for, for you to have uh, your, your evangelical uh, witness, this testimony, what God has done in your life. Have you lost it? Have you stopped caring for those people outside of your faith? When something happens to somebody outside of these walls, do your heart still break? Do they break less now than they used to? Maybe at one point in your life, you really loved to share your faith with other people and you, you had this deep love for those outside of the family of God, but, but something happened along the way and now, now you can't even remember the last time you you had a spiritual conversation with somebody who wasn't a believer. 
What about your godly values? Some of you, if if you're being honest, you notice maybe your standards have kind of eroded. Years ago, you had strong Christian values and you thought, hey, I'm I'm not going to do that because that's not pleasing to God. And it's quite honestly not helpful to me. And then something happened. Before you knew it, you started cutting some corners and, and, and taking some shortcuts and doing some things that you probably shouldn't have been doing. And now you wake up and you wonder, how did I get way over here when I used to be over there? I have no idea what happened to me. I used to. I used to. I used to. And now look where I'm ended up. So how have you lost your spiritual edge? The reality is, is this. That it can happen to any one of us. It can happen to any one of us. Because we have a spiritual enemy whose mission, his mission statement on his refrigerator reads, kill, steal, destroy. Steal, kill, destroy, any order, okay? And he, you, know what he, you know what he wants to steal, kill, and destroy? Anything valuable to God. The moment, the minute, the second you decided to get closer to the heart of God, to live for his purpose in your life, the enemy began plotting on how to get you off track. That's not always the enemy's fault. And the enemy doesn't have to work very hard in some of your lives. But the enemy is plotting. Anytime you want to get that, that, that little step, the enemy's like, what? See, the enemy will leave you alone if you're stepping this way. But the minute, the minute you start thinking about going this way, man, the enemy, he's there to whisper something in your ear. Psst, you don't need that. It won't hurt you to do it. Quit tomorrow. Quit tomorrow. And the reason I believe it's so quiet right now is because I think that all of us in this room can relate to that. Right? All of us in this room can relate to this feeling become a full-time parent and a part-time believer, a full-time business owner and a part-time follower of Christ, full-time student and a part-time follower of Jesus. You didn't mean to lose your edge, but you did. You didn't mean to stop praying, but you did. You didn't mean to stop praying with your spouse, but you did. You didn't mean to fall back into old patterns, but you did. You didn't mean to drift from the love and the intimacy that you had with God and wake up depressed and empty and hollow inside, but you did. You didn't mean to end up pursuing the emptiness of these material possessions. But if you were honest, you'd realize that's exactly what you did. 
You didn't mean to become a part-time follower of Jesus, but that's what's happened. You lost your spiritual edge. So what do you do? What do you do when you're swinging away and the edge just splash? How do you get it back? See, I want to look at this story, and I want to pull some things out, and it's going to be very quick, and it's going to be very simple. But because it's simple doesn't mean it's going to be easy. First thing is this. If you want to get this edge back, we need to be honest about where we lost it. Be honest about where you lost it. 2 Kings 6, 6 through 7 says this. The man of God asked, where did it fall? Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and he threw it in there and he made the iron float. Lift it out, he says. But he was, he was asking where it fell. In other words, the axe head isn't gone. It's just where you left it. It's where you last placed it. Where did it fall? And I would ask you, where did you lose it? Where did you start to lose your spiritual edge? You're all smart people here, right? Somebody say amen to that? Okay. And if you look back, you can probably say, oh, yeah, I remember when I took a wrong turn. I made some friends that that were probably the wrong friends. I started dating the wrong guy, the wrong woman. Maybe you dropped the discipline. You used to be devoted to actually searching for God in his word, and somehow you stopped. You used to be a tither, and somehow you got behind, and then you just quit. And you wonder why I lost the joy of worshiping God and trusting him in that way that you used to. Used to. And then you stopped. Used to be involved in a great community in church and a Bible study where others would speak into your life and then you stopped. Some of you thought that your secret wasn't going to hurt anyone. But you didn't realize that it wasn't really a secret because God already knew. And the reality is it was hurting you the entire time. Some of you, maybe you got hurt by somebody. Somebody in church, another believer. And you're like, hey, you know what? If they're going to act like that, forget them all. I get it. I get it. It's been a tough year and a half. I've seen some believers do some nasty things. And maybe because of that, you've allowed your heart to grow hard against God. You blamed God over what somebody else has done. You need to be honest. You need to be honest and you need to know where you lost it. And the second thing is this. With God's help, take back what you lost. With God's help, take back what you lost. Because our God's 
specializes in helping you find what you didn't mean to lose. Six and seven, here we see it again, right? When he showed him the place. When the students showed the man of God the place. When you can begin to show God the place where you lost it. Maybe God is showing you where you lost it. Once you identify that place, it's amazing what happened. Elisha threw in a stick and it began to float. And Elisha didn't run out there and grab it. He said, you know what? You lift it out. You lift it out. Take some responsibility over your faith. Take responsibility over your spiritual edge. Go out there, grab it, and take it back. Look at your neighbor and say, lift it out. Look at your other neighbor and say, lift it out. That's what we got to do. With God's help, we've got to take it back. We've got to take it back. We can't just sit there and, and let it float and be wowed at the miracle. Wow, look at that. That was my spirituality just floating down the river. No, 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 we need to get in there and we need to take it back. Last week we learned that God, he's the only one that can send the water, but sometimes he wants you to dig a ditch. This week, only God can make the axe head float, but he wants you to lift it. He wants you to take back what you lost as he brings it back within your reach. As he brings these things back into within your reach, he wants you to snatch it back, take it back. And I can promise you, there will be a voice in the back of your head that says, oh, no, 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 no. You can't get it back again. You'll never be what you used to be. That voice is a liar. That voice isn't true. Because my God is in the restoration business. There's going to be a voice that says, you've been gone too long, you've been gone too far. You've done too much damage and you can never have it back. After all you've done, after all you've lost, you've lost the best chances, the best opportunities. All these voices are going to come in. And I came here to tell somebody that with God, it's not too late to be the person that you could have been, that you still can be. It's not too late to get back what you lost. It's not too late to snatch that dream back up and put it in your heart. It's not too late to get back what you thought you could never have again. It's not too late to have what you used to have. And the reality is, it's not too late to have even more than you used to have. It's not too late to go, you know what? Man, I used to be like this, but now I'm like this. And this, this is who God made me to be. Our God specializes in helping you find what you did not mean to lose. So what does he want you to do? See, I believe that right now he's already tugging at hearts. I believe right now he's already letting that thing float up. 
He's already showing you what it is that you used to do. And he's saying, just go out there and grab it. You've got to grab it back. You got to go after it like your life depends on it because the reality is, is that it does. You do what you can do and then you trust God to do what you cannot do. Can you make an accent float? I can't. But you can lift it when he brings it within reach. Can you create in your own spirit spiritual passion and faith? You can't do that. But we do know that faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. So you can put yourself in a place where you hear God's word and so God can start to build your faith. You can do those things. You can take those steps. You know that God hears and answers prayers so you can choose to pray even when you don't feel like it. You can choose to worship even when you don't feel like it. You can choose to share your faith with other people even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't have all the answers because I know somebody that does. I know somebody that does. You can search for God again and again and again and when you seek him, you will find him, scripture says. You can take back what is available to you right now. Revelation 2, 4 through 5 says this, and we'll close. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Jesus was speaking to a church of people who are just like us. That's what he was doing. He was speaking to a church of people just like us. In other words, he's saying, you know what? All you need to do is say, I'm sorry. And take back what you lost. Grab hold of it and choose to do the right things. Turn from your sin. Turn from your apathy. Turn from your complacency. And he's saying, come back home. Come back home. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do a divine healing work in our hearts today. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the power that if we want what we once had, then you've got to do what you once did. Right now, he's causing some of this stuff to float in your chest, in your heart, in your spirit.
There are things that we can't do. And for those things, we need to trust God. Our God is God of restoration. Our God is the God of restoration. The book of Joel says that he will help restore the years that the locust has eaten. There's a verse in Proverbs 6 that, that says when the enemy steals something, he's got to pay it back seven times. Some of you feel like you've been robbed. Robbed by your enemy. Guess what? You tell the enemy, you're paying me back with interest seven times over. Thought I was hot stuff back then. I'm coming back seven times stronger. Because our God specializes in bringing back what you did not mean to lose. What the enemy meant for evil, God used for good. I don't know where you are or how you're hurting or how you've drifted or how far you've gone, but our God wants you to know that you haven't gone too far. You can be the person that you were meant to be because our God specializes in helping people find what, what they didn't mean to lose. Deuteronomy 30, 3 through 5 says, Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belongs to your ancestors and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. Why? Because we serve a God who specializes in helping people find what they did not mean to lose. So right now, If he's making that axe head float in your chest, he's saying you need to lift it. You need to lift it out. So as you pray, maybe you're saying, you know what? I had it at one time and I lost it. There was a time that I was more passionate than I am now. There was a time that I, that I was more intimate than I am now. There was a time where I cared more than I care now. I lost it and I want it back. With God's help, I want to lift it out. If there's anybody in this place that would say, yes, I want to do that, will you just throw your hand in the air? Yes, yes, yes. And I believe there's even more. I believe there's people online right now. You're saying, you know what? Man, I, I had it and I lost it. Begin to click amen, type amen, click thumbs up, type blue, pray your hands, whatever you got to do. We want to pray with you.
But I can't be honest for you. You need to be honest. You need to be real with God and say, God, I had it and I lost it. I lost it. With your help, I want it back. The enemy might have taken something from me, but Lord, you said I get to get back seven times full. Father, I pray that at this moment, that there would be a divine spiritual breakthrough. Pray that tears would even flow right now, that, that we would break before you, recognizing just how far we've fallen. So God, I pray that we repent and that we commit to do the things that we once did to have the faith that we once had. Even though we may not feel anything, may not even fully know what we believe, but we can commit to seek after you. That we will do what only we can do and we'll trust you to do what you can do. So I pray that you would restore the spiritual passion to a greater place than we would ever know before. So I'm going to have the worship team play a song. And as they play this song, it's time for you. You can come up to the altars. You can begin to pray. But this is your time to take back what was once lost. Thanks for joining us. I hope this message blessed you. Our goal is to connect you to God's people, God's word, and his mission for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Again, that's glfirst.org. Hope to see you next week. God bless.